This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm James and I'm Team Eureka. And I'm Keen and I'm Team Kylie with a ginger rising. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, a drag race that covers all things RuPaul's Drag Race. And today we are discussing the epic one woman showness of it all in All Star 6, episode 11. And quite honestly, we're not going to stick around here. No. We're going to get right into that episode because there's a there's a lot of content and you are going to love every moment of it. And we had an absolute pro, a person who's performed numerous one-person shows themselves. I actually got to see them, one of their shows called Murder Town, which was a one-person true crime story all in one tight knot. It was great. That person is Erin McGathy and here she is. McGathy, thank you for joining us to chat all things All Stars 6. Before we go into any of the episodes, which who who do you want to win? First of all, are you Team Raja? Are you Team Eureka? Are you Team Ginger? Are you Team Kylie? Where do you land? Or where are you Team Silky? <laughs> or Trinity even, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, well, I, I wasn't Team Trinity, bless her. Um, uh, well, th- yeah, thanks thanks for having me. And I've been waiting my whole life to be asked this question. Uh, no no one in my life cares, cares to ask me. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, the tough thing is that they're all so excellent, mm-hmm. obviously. So I think it just comes down to which personality you like the best, maybe. I don't know. You guys are the expert, but, uh, experts. <laughs> but I, I love, I fucking love Ginger Minge. I'm yeah. s- such a ginger bitch is that what we call, it? <laughs> we call ourselves <laughs> this seems like like real real uh, uh straight white woman energy trying to be cool and uh drag i'm a ginger bitch, bitch. <laughs> nah, what's up bitches that's me i'm a ginger whore um so yeah i'm a i'm a real ginger a real whore for ginger um i also really love i love rasha and i love eureka and i love kylie as well but yeah, no, I love. No. I, I t- yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. It's a really, it's it's a really tight race. Like there's there's so many qualities in each of them that they could like equally win. I do think yeah. that Ginger deserves it that little bit more though, because I, I just I think can... consistently and even on the other seasons, just is very strong and so funny, so naturally so funny. So funny. And seems like a chill person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. take himself yeah. overly seriously, just kind of rolls with the punches. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like a real fucking all-star because I feel like Ginger is so pro. Yeah. You know, maybe even a little too pro as we saw in the monologue. (laughs) (laughs) Like I do find myself conflicted between Ginger and Kylie to win. And the bit that niggles Mm. in the back of my head is that Kylie didn't do too well in her first time around. But then I can rationalize out that to be like, well... Kylie did well in the three biggest challenges of the series, in my opinion, which were the ball, the rusical, and snatch game. I loved her Steven Tyler. I thought her ball yeah. was fantastic with her Christina Aguilera moment, and her Dolly Parton was fantastic. So I'm like, in her head, in my head, I can actually rationalize it that she did better than Ginger, but Ginger does mm. just feel more of that sort of supreme character that we're used to. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I feel like Ginger really really understands what she's working with and really gets who her character is. And I don't know that I really... F- it's it's weird because, like, I feel like Kylie's greatest asset is also her downfall and that 
she's not stri- she doesn't come across as strategic or cunning in any way. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when she does well, it it feels like it's I don't know. It almost feels like Kylie. Kylie is Kylie versus uh, uh, Joshua is Ginger. Yeah. Know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 So I think I would I would go and watch a Ginger or a Eureka show. But if I was just going to Dragged Up in Dublin and I was going to get shit-faced, I'd want Kylie yeah. dancing on the stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. I like, I, I know, like when I see Drag Live, I want like a, I want an element of messiness a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel like I, I would almost not that I mean Raja is in no way messy, but is a bit more rough around the edges than Ginger. But also Eureka. I mean, I'm <laughs> literally just like, I think, <laughs> what should I order? Should I get the steak? But also the are really good. <laughs> well, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of love for Raja thus far in this conversation, but she's done a fantastic this season. I, I just, love just, Raja. There's yeah. just something. I just feel she has fewer iconic, memorable moments this season than maybe just some of the mm. others. Oh, I think yeah. she's raised her, herself and Kylie, I think have raised her profile the most from their, their previous seasons. Like they really are now going to be like considered in that like top tier of like drag drag race yeah. past contestants. God, I mean, she's really made a 180. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I guess we don't know what's happening there, but she seems very, God, I loved so much. This is last week's episode, but watching them watch the lip syncs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that was so joyous. I hope they bring yeah. that back. That was so great. Yeah. It was yeah. It, all season I was waiting to be disappointed by that episode. All season I was waiting to be disappointed <laughs> yeah. by it. Yeah. And then it blew yeah. my mind. I loved it so much. And I loved was, having that yeah. like goggle box elements going on with the queens watching kind of backstage yes. or like having a few drinks together. I thought it was so fun. Speaking of last week's episode, Eureka wins it gets come back, obviously, as we've been discussing. Does Silky deserve an invitation to All Stars 7 after that episode? or do we think she needs more time i mean i, I guess the, the the question i have is like what is like the what is the actual literal value of all stars like it's getting mm. more mm-hmm. exposure right like it's not actually <laughs> you yeah. know a worldwide yeah. sanctioned yeah. title <laughs> or anything i mean i know well i guess it kind of literally is but it's like yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm on. I, I'm on. I'm of both heads. I could. I could be convinced either way. I, I. I'm of the opinion that I think that this is the kind of high point for her, and yeah. I, and I think that she has done so. Like it's kind. Like I think that coming back again will just remind people of the fact that she's a little bit messy and a bit scruffy yeah. and that like she's a bit all over mm. the place sometimes. So go out like with everyone thinking that is like the lips iconic. Of iconic. Mm. Then, Truly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that she definitely has to come back as a lip sync assassin. That's what I was going to say. I totally agree. Yes. Have her as the first lip sync assassin of All Star 7 and keep her legacy alive yeah. for that. And Absolutely. she has to win that one too. <laughs> well, give her give her like a pork chop spot style bit. You know, yes. like, like bring her back for something like that because there's no way she will ever top the like I'm I feel like I'll over like I oh I have goosebumps Thank you. Like, I, <laughs> like I almost wept with joy when um like not at this first part but when Akaria was wasn't gonna do it and yeah. then she was like well I'm still gonna lip sync right I st-, and yeah that I feel like you could you could see Roos like look at her and be like ah that's like me like no I've still got to perform and then mm. the way that she turned it out was unreal it was so I yeah like I, 
that that Barbie girl lip sync will just like it will go down in history and it, like the the look was scruffy and everything was messy and it kind of was all over the place but it really didn't matter and I think that's kind of what no, you're saying about so like good. going to a drag show is you do want a bit of that like messiness you want to, like yeah that rough yeah. around the edges thing but yeah no that was just like a that's a, a once in a lifetime drag performance uh it was great when she was on the floor <laughs> 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 it was so funny I didn't realize until this season of All Stars how much I need to see big women big drag queens. <laughs> But I think a big way rolling on the floor. Well, <laughs> you get some tonight. So oh yes, yes. Did you want yeah. Eureka to come back, or did you want Silky to come back? I mean, I, I, I was like, I did, I did feel like objectively, uh, Eureka had a better final lip sync yeah. mm. like I like the rough around the edges stuff because it's a physical expression of vulnerability you know but like ah like you can't get st- stuck in your outfit like you can't, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean either have a change or don't and don't get stuck in your outfit or don't have a change I mean it's unfortunate it's so unfortunate and god I'm such a klutz that like if I was a drag queen I that would be my thing I would be not stuck stuck in class I'd be stuck in outfit for yeah. sure <laughs> but yeah I I like you know I I appreciated that they I feel like if they chose Silky then it would have just felt too heavy-handed producery yeah but I, th- I feel like Rue is also like looking out for Silky and knew like she's not gonna win yeah you know, Eureka was kind of unceremoniously chopped, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that Eureka, Eureka could re-enter the competition and had a chance to like actually win and could be seen as some, whereas Silky would have come in and would have left in the next episode. And in a way that would have undone everything that had happened in the previous one. So it's kind yeah. of better that she got that like full episode. And then even in the way that we didn't see her losing in that episode means that you like she got she was the winner of that full episode. Mm. Yeah. And, and we we waited till this week and then it's kind of like, okay, goodbye, Silky. You get your moment to talk about how special this experience was. And then we get back into the competition. And I and it's, yeah. it's almost as if last week didn't even happen because it was just like Eureka out, Eureka in, and then like the Silky <laughs> Week. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. The Silky Week. Yeah. And she gets to be she gets to be legendary. I mean, they both like both Eureka and her get to have like their moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, God, I, I shudder at the idea of, like, I mean, just imagine Silky walking back into that room with that. I mean, I, I find Silky hilarious. I'm never annoyed by any of her antics mm. ever. <laughs> like, but, like, <laughs> even if there's, I mean, not, I I mean, the hitting, like, all that stuff, that's not nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those things are pretty toxic. But, like, this season... But like if she would have walked in like guns ablazing, like I just won these all these lip syncs, and now yeah, be a little less harmonious. Yeah, yeah, because we did a <clears throat> did a poll on our Instagram page. Sixty seven percent of people thought Eureka would come back anyway, so, mm. which I thought was kind of low. I think more people thought that, but fifty six percent of people said they wanted Silky to come back, so it was quite close. They were right. just margining it. So yeah, I think. Like, I kind of wanted Silky just because of the entertainment. But yeah, ultimately, if she hadn't have won, I think she would have taken a bigger L than maybe Eureka had um, if she had come back. Yeah. I definitely, at the end of last week's episode, I wasn't feeling very 
strongly one way or the other like either like if silky would have walked in i would have been like fantastic you know like <laughs> yeah because yeah they're both excellent yeah yeah. Uh, onto the the rest of the episode. After we find out it's Eureka, we get a, we get the opening titles, and we love Drag Race for being a bit of a messy production because there was no <laughs> no voiceover. RuPaul's edit, you know, audio oh, was left on mute for this episode. The guest I judge totally was sp- was spinning around on the stage, and we had no idea who they were. Uh, 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 so then we, uh, Justin Simeon was their name at the end. Uh, we're on to a throwaway mini challenge, a pride photo shoot in denim for a bit of product placement. Um, and mm. Kylie wins. Anything to discuss? I got, I, I, for, I got tea during this. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, we go. <laughs> I was heavily targeted by ASOS during Pride Month with their Levi's mm. Pride gear. And I very, very almost <laughs> spent about 200 euro on a denim jacket that I am so glad All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't in the end. Um, uh. So I, I don't understand. Like, my main question would be, and this isn't really for this forum, it's more for the like product people in Levi's. It's like, when did you decide Pride is a thing you cared about? <laughs> I wouldn't associate <laughs> Levi's with with like I mean, you know, progressive the same time at si- that city national was like oh yes gays spend money as well like we've got <laughs> have a presence here um so let, let's just get into these monologues have to say maybe one of the most tightly fought competitions in term in, in the show's mm. history like they were all great i felt like i'd just seen a mm-hmm. free drag show it was fantastic yeah. we'll kick yeah. off with trinity k bonnet and her bamboozled what did you think of this erin <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean I agree they're all they're all excellent. I just have I assume I assume the reason why I feel the the reason why I I would I I would say that Trinity K Bonet is a queen that's not really quote unquote for me. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the uh like the uh, the Cloying, the insecurity doesn't bother me. The very selfish neediness is so hard for me to look past. And I thought that I, I thought that the, I thought the monologue, I thought the monologue was was good and fun. It's it, it's like slightly, you know, it felt slightly st- stunty in mm, it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and which is unfortunate because like it's very node to all the other queens and all the judges and Trinity herself that she is abso-fucking-riddled with demons and you have this opportunity to tell a story. And I and I, I do get kind of annoyed when the feedback from the judges or from Rue or Michelle or whatever is like, you should have been more, you should have talked more about the pain of the abuse of your child. You should have, <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not really in that camp, but like, she literally to- told a story where kind of everyone wins and she's not the bad guy. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. I, what frustrated me about it was that I, first of all I was kind of like I like I, I see people sharing things on like Twitter and like oh my my child did this and it's like no they didn't or like my like those are things <laughs> that just kind of like th- yes. that story like of all the things that didn't happen yeah. that didn't happen the most for sure and, Trinity and- <laughs> didn't say 
and you'll find someone beautiful. So, yeah. you know, there's <laughs> no way. Like, it was, the whole thing was was literally just, like, blowing smoke up RuPaul's ass to, like, try and win mm. so that she wasn't sent home. Like, the whole, like, like it was, like, emotional manipulation of RuPaul in some ways because it was, like, so much, like... Like, also, I was worried because I was thinking, God, this show is, like, you know, it's not been great in terms of, like representation of bigger people and I was worried mm. that this whole punchline was going to be like and then they were fat and I was going right. to like be ready but then when it turned out to be like this sort of thing of like oh I just used like why not say in the message to, to Trinity like why not just say all that in the message to Trinity and it, rather than kind of like set up this fake date that, the whole it, it rang very untrue to me and as something mm-hmm. that was being pulled out in order to try and like emotionally manipulate Rue into being like, look how influential and amazing you are in my life. I'm telling everyone how great you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a non story. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I, I kind of just took it at face value. Like I feel it's often in kind of comedy people might, you know, use a bit of hyperbole on a story to get a better reaction. I think that's, uh, that's kind of where I read it from. Oh, I'm- sure. Well, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but I this was actually my favorite of all the stories because I thought I had a really yeah. good balance of comedy and really uplifting. I thought, yeah, okay, there was a bit of RuPaul rimming. But I felt ultimately <laughs> the essence of the story... You should rename is, your podcast RuPaul Rimming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. I feel the essence of the story was the importance <laughs> of telling queer stories on television, especially people who are living with HIV, such a stigma thing and the importance that they can make. And for me, that was probably the most powerful story of any of the five. Yeah, so this is it. Up until that point, I'm with you. I'm on that train. I'm, I've am i bought a ticket to that ride. And then it goes wildly to the left when suddenly it's like, like the importance of representation, all that kind of stuff. But like the fact mm. that it, like the last segment of it was just like, and that man's name was RuPaul Charles. <laughs> 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 just sort of it, that just sort of like it damaged it a bit for me because I think it, it like it, it took a left turn into something where it was just trying to like just appeal directly to someone for mm. like uh not rather than just being an honest story because if it had like that story in itself is lovely I happen to be watching Drag Race that episode all that stuff is great but then it was oh, just right. went too heavily into the like the the, the RuPaul rimming hour she was nervous she definitely was nervous and, and that joke at the end was you know of like and and last thing, you know, tell your friend, give your friend my number. I, was, I saw that one coming. But I mm. thought in terms of its construction, I thought it had a really nice combination of soft and funny. And I think, you know, in a more experienced performer's hands, that could like shoot the house down. I, I agree with you. I, I will I will say, um, as like, I loved, I loved that this episode was like, or the challenge is basically like a storytelling show. And I have mm-hmm. a huge passion for storytelling shows and uh, not to brag, listeners but have uh, hosted a few uh, <laughs> that was me like how do i how do i well, try to give myself some credibility without yeah. well, sounding we, stupid we always look for a relevant expert you are you are a resident <laughs> expert for the week yeah, like, well, what, what's what's the essence of a good one would you say well i mean the the thing that i thought about that story like when i have produced storytelling shows and stuff what i Courage this sounds so silly, but I am of the belief that in the story for vulnerability, like I used to host a storytelling show called This Feels Terrible that turned into a podcast. It's all about relationships and stuff. So I would tell people 
your make sure in your story that you are the bad guy. If there's a bad guy, something that's not super fun to listen to, nor like actually vulnerable or actually uh, uplifting is when you tell a story about someone doing something to you, even if it's totally, even if it's totally um, the truth and everything that happened. But like this, I feel like good storytelling is where you make yourself vulnerable by being the person who's doing the thing and then growing. And I feel like, and this is, this is, this is, me being too particular, and I totally understand uh, anyone or everyone disagreeing with this, but I feel like that story is more that other person's to tell. The other, it's the other person, the other person was vulnerable in the situation. The other person, it's sort of like them telling the story would be more authentic. Whereas her just kind of like using their vulnerability and using their kind of like whatever, their emotions or fears. And she tried to bring it in the end, I guess, by talking about like how she too had had her life changed by RuPaul. But that was too cloying to me and too sort of sickening and, and saccharine that, that I just was mm. like, I'm put off by, by this. Wait, I thought sickening was good. No? Sickening well, is both good I'm and joking. bad. I'm joking. I know, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Being your mom. Wait, I can't keep. I can't keep up. So Kylie, then Kylie did speak about the sort of kind of first time in drag and the wonder and awe and how she felt. So is that a better example? She's more vulnerable in that instance. Look, now I'm going to get very defensive about what I said. I mean, it's all <laughs> look. It's it, you know, it's it's not about like it's it's like a status thing. Again, like there's a fan there versus you know, but yeah, yes, true. yeah. I mean, it's whereas Kylie it, is the fan in her story. She's looking up to these elder drag queens who are taking her under their wing. Yes, stuff, huh? I'd I'd say it doesn't really apply because it's a room. I mean, I, I guess I'm speaking specifically to stories where that are like romantic stories or stories where someone has done something to you, that, that sort of thing. But I, but with Kylie's story, I, I, I thought it was great. And I thought the performance of it was very moving. And I didn't think that I was going to be moved by it from the rehearsal. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting that obviously in the rehearsal, she'd made the decision that she was going to sit down and she was going to lean in. And I wasn't sure because like none of the rest of them did that. And I wasn't sure how it was going to work, but it actually did make it feel a bit more intimate. And she's mm-hmm. such a softly spoken queen as well that you kind of like you really do. You have to lean in almost to listen to her. And it, I, you know, and I, I related so much to her story. I thought it was like, it really, I, I just thought it was a beautiful story. I thought, I thought, and it, it may be the one thing for me is that like some of them had some humor in there as well. And I didn't feel like necessarily there was some of that in there, but I, I didn't mm. really. Yeah. I thought that. it was okay. Not having it. Yeah. I also felt like oh, across the board, like it felt like a really good mix of energies. I liked yeah. that there were some that were lighter than others. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't, I feel kind of go for the, a big topic that she could discuss about kind of her transition and all that sort of stuff. It was just mm-hmm. back to basics, feeling comfortable in your femininity. <laughs> and it was like, right. good, you know, you're not, you're not yeah. Simon Cowling. You're not X factoring us your sob story. You know, your most hardest point. It, this was a genuine moment of, of sort of realization and epiphany for her. And it was so joyful. Yeah. yeah. You know, it mm. like the, I mean, whether or not you're, I mean, well, I, I feel like anyone can feel so that that story 
the the idea that like some kind person brings you closer to yourself and then you have this wonderful new thing in your life. Like even though I'm surprised this line moved me so much, but when she said, you know, I did it that week and I've been doing it every weekend for the past 20 years. Like, I still yeah. don't know why that really gets me, but like that person, mm. like I'm sure she would have find, found her way there at some point, but it's just so lovely. That ki- story just about kindness in a really yeah. adverse situation is lovely. No, mm. and I suppose like, because she started it off speaking about the the military school and like the fact that she was coming from a place where yeah. she was very much being pushed to be the antithesis of what it is she actually is. And the fact that she found that freedom to be herself and then that's enabled her to do that. Like that's something that then became who she is and that brought her to who she is. Like I, I thought that was, was really wonderful. And it sort of alluded like it didn't use the the transition or the identity as like the main part of the story, but it alluded to it enough that you understand that that was like a big struggle that was going on. I, I, yeah, I thought it was a really powerful story. And again, I, I really liked the fact that she sat down and she sort of leaned in because it almost mm-hmm. felt like felt like you were sitting with her in a bar, just listening to this person talk about their life. Mm. Yeah. And she was able to be like anchored and grounded. I wonder like what it would have looked like if she would have had to stand. She probably would have felt compelled to kind of walk around and like the nervousness yeah. of what she's talking about. So yeah, it was, it was also very, it was very like, like sexy kind of lounge singer almost yeah. where she was sitting and leaning in. It was yeah. cool. uh, and I think, you know, in, in this specific slot where it's like five monologues, five minutes each, I feel she gave us the most of like, God, I actually want to know more about that story. I might pay to mm. go see her show or something like that, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely made me want more, which is always good. Ginger Mange was next with her ruby slippers. Uh, James, impressed? Yeah, I was. Now, in the like walkthrough bit, they did have the kind of the implication that maybe she was too prepared. And like, it did feel like with some of the lines, I've heard her kind of using them sort of in like past seasons where she talks about like, I'm a glamour total, all this kind of stuff. So Mm. like, you can tell that she's used to doing this. She does it every day. Um, So I I can definitely see where they're coming from. And I I do think that over-preparedness probably prevented her from winning. Uh, but I really enjoyed the story and I, I, and I just love Ginger. Like, I, I think she's yeah. just such a, a warm person. It's great when she when you have another piece of art, like the Wizard of Oz, that she can weave so nicely throughout her story. Like, I think that's always really satisfying as, as, a, as a viewer to the story that you're kind of like, oh, yeah, because we're all familiar with this world so you're you're bringing mm. it into the into the into the familiar to, for us and thought that was great. Uh, you're totally. obviously a fan, Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I lo- yeah, I love I love Ginger Minch. I feel I feel like, I mean, the the obvious is the, you know, the the polish on it. Like she, it felt like she was performing uh, on Broadway or at Carnegie Hall, and everyone else was like at a in a black box theater, <laughs> you know. And it was very with her southern accent, it was giving me like such a such such massive like uh one woman show about some a mom in the south vibes <laughs> yeah. I, I found it hard to like get into this story so I, I did feel like it was too polished but I also feel like that's a weird thing for mm-hmm. would be a weird thing for me to punish her for because like yeah. what am I gonna punish her for being so good that yeah it's all... <laughs> yeah you I know. suppose you could argue if, if the polish kind of prevented the emotions from coming across and I think there was a, a certain yeah. a, one point it did prevent me to buy in but the story was good that I got there in the end 
yeah i i i agree totally i yeah i feel i feel like that kind of like uh vulnerable sort of harriedness would be quite difficult for her to just kind of figure out how to reconnect to because i'm sure i'm sure there was a stage when she, <laughs> she was a bit more hmm. vulnerable and uh and harried but like I I do feel like that character you know she's honoring her character who is very put together so I feel like it actually would be really kind of odd if she took Ginger Midge which is like this kind of wild uh housewife but like has like this very sheeny top quality mm-hmm. do you yeah, know what i mean quite, yeah. she's quite a, she's quite a thespian really like when you hear yeah her, her before. Yeah. yeah 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 raja uh was up next with her bunny tail story and like that you can see that moment where she had the blank and then she picked herself back up then and she was she was all good i feel like i i felt for me there was a clear line down these performances where it's like funny and emotional um at the top and then the last two were like kind of funny slapstick comedy sets in a way yeah with these last two yeah. i felt there was definitely a kind of different sort of set with these two and out of the last two i'd say raja was probably the worst of the two i just i think it was had the least amount of good but it definitely wasn't bad <laughs> yeah i mean you said it god it's it's a it is so unfortunate that like I mean, to, I got, got like a storytelling show, like it seems like such a simple thing, but I feel like it's like quite a lot to ask these queens who are do- putting so much production and shit mm. into everything they're doing. And they're like, give us all that, but also pretend like it takes no effort. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's such a huge thing. So I really felt for Raja and the, the oh God, that frozen moment. Oh, oh. Uh, when, oh, I, like, when I was, yeah. we, I'm sure we've all had that. Like I oh, definitely it's had the that worst. Before. Yeah, yeah. When I when I was in the fifth grade, I was in this um, speech competition um, that was called something like American Heroes or or something. And so we were talking <laughs> about like our our American hero. And um, I had like won my school's competition, and I was like at the regional one, and I was talking about John Muir, and there was. A line in it where I'm quoting what John Muir, John Muir, who's like the uh, Irish American uh, who is responsible for. I'll, I'll just do the whole speech. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, he he called he called. I had a line in it where I was like quoting John Muir, and and I and I said John Muir called Yosemite the range of light. Uh, and what I did with my hand was this kind of waving thing, and I was doing the speech, and I forgot the line after, and I just kept on going. Uh, John Muir called Yosemite the range of oh no I said the range of night and I was like range of light and then I was like well I should do it again so it seems normal so I'm like range of light range of, like just <laughs> totally frozen and then I looked like, out in the broken. crowd and, the CD is skipping <laughs> broken. and then I looked out in the crowd and I saw my mom and she was giving me a like why are you doing oh uh, and then it felt like 10 hours so uh bless her but you know what's great is that she didn't say like oh no i forgot oh i fucked up she really mm-hmm. was like if i just stand still yes no because <laughs> you know as well that, that just as he said that moment where she went blank will have felt like sort of the entire of 2020 like it will have just <laughs> felt like yes. 18 months long and that, that that second then of like getting your feet back, it, it takes a real pro to be able to like get back on your feet and go again and not let that mm. just bleed into the rest yeah, of your performance. Yeah, 
Yeah, she didn't yeah. crumble no, by no. any means. Yeah. I do think that her story was, I suppose like her story was kind of funny and you chuckled at it, but maybe it didn't have quite like, Eureka's and hers were kind of similar in that they were just two like embarrassing incidents, but then Eureka managed to like bring it around beautifully into this kind of like, love yourself, but in like a way that felt like real or something where yeah. I, I, yes it did. Kian disagrees. <laughs> but we'll get into it, we'll get into it. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I, yeah, I definitely think that her hers was the least good of five really good performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah for for sure. Okay, James, pitch me the benefits of Benefit to Boom Boom. Um, <laughs> I'm not here to try and sell you on why Eureka <laughs> deserves to win Drag Race All Stars season six, but I did think that her, her I just I I so like particularly with the subject matter of like you know kind of basically taking a shit on stage like it is not something <laughs> like it is it is something that goes like into that gross out territory and be able to like take something that is gross out but keep its heart right the way through and to have mm-hmm. it feel really authentic and really authentically delivered and keep you on the journey like it is just sort of like like you're sitting there listening to a friend talking to you you want to be entertained by this person you don't you even though like the story is about taking a shit it's not actually about that. It's about like <laughs> learning to like overcome adversity. And like, I think being able to- <laughs> You're, I'm giggling, but I totally agree. You're so right. Like... <laughs> being able to do that with a story like that, like it could so easily have gone like so, so poorly, but she just told a story in a way that was so endearing and made her seem so lovable. And mm. and, and just, I, I, I think it hit all the marks for me. <laughs> Yeah. I loved it. Well, she she's such an excellent performer, and I think a really great storyteller. I feel like kind of she could have really talked about anything, and I think it would have would have mm-hmm. would have made it about adversity. And yeah, how, you know, <laughs> she was. No, great. no, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was bad at all. I thought it was quite good. I mean, it was a kind of funny story, and it was more about humility than it was about poo, which is good. Um, and actually. <laughs> I liked how she changed it in the end because you you know it's going to be about poo because she called it Shitty Kitty earlier on, but the judges don't know. So I thought that was a kind of nice way to kind of see how she constructed the story when you know where it's going and she didn't. But then she was like, you know, it's important to laugh at yourself. Cause, sorry, up until that point, I was like, she hasn't made it vulnerable yet, like Raja. Now let's see if she does. And then she threw in I the mean, lines. I mean, like, talking about shitting yourself is inherently vulnerable. But it wasn't about emotions. It wasn't about emotions. And then she was like, you know, it's important to laugh at yourself. And I was like, all right, okay, right. Nice try try i suppose but <laughs> yeah does that throwaway line isn't gonna win me over you were, yeah. you were still you were still jerking off to trinity's model yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> you were trying to find her on fucking grinder so that you can you know you're like how do i make <laughs> up a profile with some fake some friend's head <laughs> but, but to me that that line and look i get your point about trinity i suppose uh eureka's line wasn't directly trying to rim rupaul but it did kind of feel like it was an afterthought to be like, oh, I need to have a vulnerable moment in it. I'm going to throw. I in. don't know because it, like throughout the rest of the episode, like when she t- like we, we didn't really talk about the bit where they were talk where they were in the workroom, and I do think that they they purposely kept this little bit in so that we would feel it later on throughout uh, Eureka's performance. She talked about the fact that she is like as a bigger person, as someone who is very feminine, as someone who like doesn't present traditionally attractive as the gay community would require us. Like Mm. she doesn't get, she gets the piss taken out of her a huge amount in a way that's callous and mean. So Mm. having that skill and being able to build that thick skin up to be able to laugh at herself and see the humor, because she could have left that 
moment thinking here I am again absolutely unwanted unloved within the community because of the way I look and I'm after humiliating myself but instead she stood Mm -hmm. up and said yeah no you know what I don't care that there are so many people out there who think I don't deserve to be loved or think that I don't deserve whatever I have I'm just going to stand up. I'm going to laugh at the whole situation myself. So that's kind of where I was. Yeah. And, and if no, you had so written right. that, you're and if so you had right. written that for her, she would have definitely won in my eyes, but she didn't say it. Well, but I mean, but I mean, the thing is, like, they're meant to tell like these monologues, and like they're not. The instructions aren't like it's got to yeah. be really emotional at the end. But like you do, like if people are telling really like really uh, heart stringy type stories, like like Trinity did or Ginger, like the or Kylie, like, you got to wrap it up with, like, and the reason why I've talked about this is because you got to love yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've pulled, like, I've pulled shit. Like, I used to tell, I've pulled shit. And this um, <laughs> I used to, I used to tell a, a story about um, uh, having sex with this boy that I liked and getting my period and then this, when I was 19 and he had a uh, uh, hemophobia and it was uh, where you're ter- where you have a phobia of blood. blood. Yeah. Yes. And it's uh, this uh, this whole thing. And so it was but like at the that story is most I mean, but like to James's point, it is about vulnerability and the, that it is like, oh, I'm standing I'm standing up here. Uh, like I'm going to talk to you about this bodily thing that isn't gonna make me look cuter or hotter like dressing up as like a big queen and talking about shitting yourself or like smelling bad or any of the horrible stigmas around bigger people you know um anyway I just really wanted to talk about my period as yeah. I <laughs> mentioned that I guess no but I definitely at the end was like there's like a wrap-up of like and it was all okay yeah you know and you know what the only the, I mean, we we know it's a it can be a botch edit sometimes. Throwing back to the opening title with no voiceover. The only hard edit <laughs> I, I kind of noticed was Eureka. So I kind of feel we probably mm. got less. You know, there was probably a lot more to the story that we didn't hear. And look, at the end of the day, the judges right. in the room. You know, based on what was in the room, it could have been the best one. I just didn't see it. I, that I didn't even think about that. That like we haven't actually we didn't actually see the whole stories. Mm. Yeah, they felt very complete. But yeah, I they guess did, that to be the, fair. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, they did Raja dirty that, including that uh, stutter moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's watching. She's like, "Could you not?" Uh, I mean, obviously they had to leave it in. But hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potter Rooney, and since then I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels here and there, all over the world, including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Mertza, Aidan Gillen and Culture Reardon, but loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell, including the sadly no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drahada Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer-documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in inner city Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's Potteroni. What you just heard there was a clip from Joe Rooney's podcast, 
Potteroonie, one of our sibling podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is our home. We're, there's loads of podcasts on there, a bit something for everybody. And if you like that, definitely go and check Joe's podcast out. And if you love this show and you sit and you lie in bed and you think, God, I love Sissy that pod. What could I do to, you know, heighten the experience for myself? Well, I got the answer for you. You head over to headstuffpodcast.com, you sign up to Headstuff Plus, and you'll get all of our bonus content, which is currently an offering called The Workroom, where we discuss the international franchises. This week, we discussed episode two and three of Drag Race Holland with the superstar, the Macarena from Drag Race Espana. Fantastic episode. I'm going to let it sell itself to you with this little clip. Like, I think Grace Jones is absolutely one of those characters who would be so yeah. tempting because they're such a big personality. They have so, like, they have, like, their their music career, their movie career. There's all of these different things you can reference to. But if you, but there also is an intelligence and a humor in them that you yeah. need to be able to bring out. And if you can't do that, it's going to fall so flat. And I think with Love My Sissy relied yeah. a lot on the, like, being able to do the look quite well. And like, just didn't yeah. go anywhere beyond that. I had one joke, and then that was. It's like case. when Valentina did the the Eartha Kid. It's yeah, and I've never been to a snatch game, but <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like a, it's like a delicate balance and like a really a particular spot that you need to find with the character. If you, it's like if you're a little bit out of tune, it's yeah. it's gonna it's it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Who who were you going to do in snatch game? Were... I was gonna do actually. I was gonna do Sarah Montiel. She, okay. she was an actress. She was like the Spanish uh, Sofia Loren. Yeah. Right, let's jump onto the runway. Uh, he said, category is, oops, I did it again. And I was like, oh my God, are we getting Britney on the runway? I and then he said, was no. The trolling of it. The trolling <laughs> of it. I would like, have what? lived for all five of them in that red cat suit with those big <laughs> black boots. <laughs> uh, well, Kylie you, would have looked you know... fantastic in it, right? <laughs> Kylie would have looked Oh my God. Do you know Oops, I Did It Again is about a fashion fail? Has anyone ever said that about any kind of quote unquote fashion fail? No. Even like, no. oh no, I've done it again. I'm like, like who's okay, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Oops, I've left the house in black and brown again. Like yeah. classic. Yeah. It seemed like they wanted to give like a wink and nod to Britney Spears, but they didn't have time to like change everything or they didn't have the rights to mm. her stuff or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it yeah. was it was it was strange. Uh Trinity K. Bonet came out with her gorgeous dress just with safety pins on the back. Uh, I thought she looked great. I I thought that I thought the I thought the oops thing was the horrible gloves she was wearing. But, <laughs> but, uh, I I thought it was unlike the rest. I think that her the criticism that she got about it kind of being too like it not looking obviously like sort of a wreck, which seemed to have been what they wanted the rest of them to look like. Yeah. I, I understood that in a way, I guess, in this category. I I'm just gonna say I didn't like this runway category, and I didn't really like no. any of the looks, and I didn't really understand mm. it. The whole thing sort of confused me and the looks have been so strong this season that this was kind of just like, this is clearly everyone reaching out to the bottom of their like, their, their uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I liked the runaway theme, but I feel like only two of them got it because it, because it's, it, it was, it was, oops, I did it again, fashion fail, right? Yeah. Fashionable fashion fail. Fashion so it's a, it's a fashion fail right. made fashionable, kind of like the clash of the patterns was my understanding of it. Like take something that doesn't work right. and make it work. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I That's what I thought. I mean, that was my <laughs> No, no, I think no, 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 I think I think you're right. I interpreted it wrong as a um like a like a fashion mishap, like a boob coming out or like See, that's so, what I took it as as well though. Not yeah. like fashion mishap. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like a fashion yeah, fa- So then the, I think they're all No, no, no. I don't think that's I don't think that's what it was because it was fashion fail. But if it's fashion fail, then like a fashion fails when someone really goes for it and it just doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Is that not or else, like yeah, Bjork's Bjork swan dress would have been? Yeah, a yeah. I was gonna, fail. I was gonna match. I mean, I think that was a, a okay, was run, it? but <laughs> but yeah, like something like that. Like that's or I mean, Celine it's, Dion it's, with the reverse blazer. Like what are those? Yes, because it's it, it was like a column in People magazine or something. Like it's an article, like fashion fails, and it's people just taking ri- it's people expressing themselves and us shitting on them for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people who got, got went quote outside of their box and we're here <laughs> to rein you back in so I guess by that yeah. standard Eurekis was the best because for me Eurekis was the worst because I was like but it wasn't fashionable yes so I don't yeah. know how to read that oh so for yeah for me Eureka and Ginger were the two who I were like they're telling me the, actually Raja as well were like telling me the the story of kind of like a fashion yeah. fail i guess i guess no raja's not really a fashion fail because it's just like no it was the... like a tr- trump doy or something it's like because she yeah. said it's like oh mm. it's uh uh i think i'm saying that wrong but like the french word for like trick of the eye which is like a portrait that you looks better google it but like she's she was in <laughs> she was like it's like you're in a dressing room and i you're being caught it's like a you know it's like an yeah. illusion which wouldn't yeah. be a fashion fail yeah i think only eureka and ginger went for it or like, yeah. or understood the assignment. They like they they told you a story that you could tell from seeing them. You knew who the character was, and there was a whole el- yeah. They know. failed at their attempts. Yeah, you know, Ginger's trying to like curl her hair, and she's burnt herself, and she has this <laughs> cool effect with the thing. How, how did she get the steam? I was was the hair wet. I, I couldn't work out <laughs> I, I couldn't work out how she did I'm sure, I'm sure it's like a like I, I my guess is that it was dry ice inside a thing that looked yeah, like okay. a curly that was hair. that was my assumption as well okay um, okay that that was where my brain went during that uh, yeah like like, it, <laughs> like wet hair <laughs> and then oh, we, we wait, wait till you see a smartphone key and you're gonna be blown away by technology <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I think Kylie looked great and she certainly looked fashionable, but I would have rather if that was actual blotches on the rather than like these sewed in blotches of food. That was kind yeah, of Yeah, I did not I did not like it. I, I thought it looked awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. Like the and hot dog on a on a stick is um do you guys have, there's not hot dog on a stick in no. Ireland, is there? No. But you're familiar with what it is yes. culturally. I've seen uh, yeah. the Princess Diaries and Julie Andrews yes. makes one. Also, wasn't <laughs> wasn't the isn't that similar to the thing that Eureka talked about eating in order to arrive shitting on the stage? Is a corn dog a similar corn dog? to a hot dog and a um, stick? Well, hot dog and a stick is like, I mean, a corn dog is like a pretty ubiquitous American food item. Hot dog and a stick is like specifically corn dog. So it'd be like saying like, like Domino's is pizza. You know what I mean? Like oh, Domino's okay. is, is so um yeah, gotcha. yeah, they don't yeah. But it's but it's such a it's such like a nostalgic, recognizable outfit. And she just looked like a Halloween hot girl version of hot dog on a stick. Well, well do you know what it was very and I don't know whether 
this cultural um, phenomenon of the early 2000s made it across to the US. The fast food rockers? No. (laughs) Why do I remember? They were a British novelty pop group who sang a song which was a pizza hut, a pizza hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut, McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. No, it sounds kind of like a like a clapping game, yeah. like <laughs> fish, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. like a patty cakes or a yeah, yeah. We that's everyone's homework to go home and look up the fast food rockers because they were oh, they were a, I mean, their I moment. I don't want to speak for all of the United States, but I did not hear of that. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be something that's enormously popular, and I'm just like, that's not a thing. <laughs> The fast food rockers. You know, the first thing that I thought that you (laughs) meant, and I don't know why I would possibly think that you meant this, was that there was a time in Ireland where you would go into a fast food place and they would have rocking chairs. That is what I thought you meant. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the fast food rockers. When we used to really sit back and enjoy. Enjoy our fast food. Into the the potato shops. Sit in the rocking chair. (laughs) Get your fast food and eat it incredibly slowly. <laughs> the worst novelty uh, restaurant ever. No, stay a while. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to eat this on the way to a gig. No, sit on down. <laughs> Take a load off. So I would have gotten something nicer if I knew. This <laughs> uh, um, so Eureka wins, Aaron. Uh, James, you agree. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you can split the difference. Do you agree? <laughs> I mean, you can't disagree with the fact that she won. She did win. <laughs> well, she did win. <laughs> yeah. but she deserved to win. I mean, I, it did. It, like, I am not. I am. I'm not mad at her winning. I like. I. I was really happy to see her win, just because she's never won before. So, like, mm-hmm. that was very joyful. I will mm-hmm. say that it did. It did feel ever so slightly producer choice even but uh, but I don't but I don't know even know if that's something that's like a real real thing thing um, we did a we did a poll on our Instagrams we all love a poll um of was Eureka your winner for whoever was voting and 54% said no but that means the other like the four, the forty six percent who said yes are split between four other people. So right. I still feel that means the majority you know, of people agree with Eureka. You know what? I actually like. I, I just I, I always like forget runway as part of like the de- <laughs> the decision. Mm. I'm always like, oh, in the fun runway, no one cares about this. Not no one cares about this, but this doesn't yeah. factor into the thing. Like I, my favorite monologue uh, was Kylie's, but the hot dog on a stick thing I just really do I feel like they were really nice to her even mm-hmm. just saying like you should have had stuff all over because it yeah. really like it, it wasn't elevating the that is what the outfit looks like except there's just more of it when they're working there yeah yeah, yeah. so it didn't yeah. seem yeah and and who and who knows what the choice was but yeah like 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 James was saying like not a big story and stuff and I fucking love I know it was really simple but I loved Eureka's runway look cuz like I mean I, I I've been every possible weight one could could possibly be and like I mean I I just I just really really uh really felt that outfit 
And like the effort and she was in character and then the panties looked really good. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Eureka, like I, I would say that definitely when you get to the the lip sync for your legacy bit, that, that there were like elements in that that definitely felt producer led. But I think that yeah. you couldn't say, I think that overall Eureka for me definitely had the best um, story, or the best monologue, but all of them are really good. And you could make arguments for why any of them could have been picked as the winner. But I think that on the runway, I, I felt like Eureka was had the best look. I, like for me, fulfilled the yeah. as I saw it the best. So well, I was, it looked great. Like it was so balanced and like looked. Yeah, good. it looked really good. The hair was really cool. Yeah, I yeah, know. For me, I was like, it doesn't feel fashion to me. Whereas that's because I thought the brief had to be you have to look fashionable. Whereas if it is just the fashion fail, then she did the best. Mm. So it depends. But you heard the word fail, right? Yeah, but or it was a, fa- I, I, a fashionable right. fashion fail. So I was like, oh, it was fashionable. Fa- oh, God, was that the most confusing? <laughs> so like the Britney Britney Spears presents fashion, the like the, oops, I did it fail. again. Fashionable fashion fail <laughs> runway. <laughs> Because I heard it and I was like, for sure someone's going to have a a boob out because that's like the Tara Reid boob out moment, which what a horrific moment for her and my heart goes out. But I like objectively, the idea of that is the funniest thing ever. Smiling, not realizing that you have a full breast out. Mm. And um, and that must. Yeah, that must have must have been horrific. But also I love her for it. And no, there were no boobs. I saw not, not a, not this a, a is, single this boob. This is a, the second opportunity this season for them to have an iconic boob out moment, and they didn't do it. But they they, ha- they didn't have <laughs> That's Janet- the name of my new podcast, <laughs> iconic boob out moment. Because <laughs> they didn't have a Janet Jackson on the, the halftime show mm. Um, mm. for the halftime thing. Oh. And, like, you know, of oh, but- all the performers of the halftime show, like, Janet really yeah. is the one who deserves it the most. But, yeah, mm. I... I, I was I was very happy with Eureka winning. I thought she was In great. terms of Eureka's looks though, I thought the clown costume that she did the lip sync in was great. I loved that. I loved that for her. Oh, that's so really funny. Amazing. I don't like it. <laughs> 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 I thought it was so good, but I'll be honest, it kind of scared me a little and I'm not even really <laughs> I didn't think it was good for like mo- mobility. No. But yeah. I guess she took she took it out off at a certain point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watching the lip sync assassin come, I was like do you know that I've been waiting for Jada Essence Hall the whole series and I was like, you know, that could be and I was like, Joaquin, give up the dream, it's Jada Essence Hall. We've got Heidi in closet. <laughs> That's your season twelve girl. This is probably Naomi Small. There's somebody like that. And then there she was. <laughs> Jada Essence Hall. Uh, uh, Na- Naomi Small's lip sync assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or like li- the- lip sync assassin victim. I mean that's a I mean, I mean <laughs> No, I, I've actually heard she's a very, very good. But you remember her her crazy leg thing that she do where she oh, like where she did like the oh yeah, yeah 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 no I okay. no I I I uh, no I I love her it's just it's just because she's such a brilliant fashion queen that you're like you're not allowed to yeah. be good at anything <laughs> else yeah Data Essence Hall oh and the the outfit I fucking love oh yeah, yeah I thought it was, was someone on Twitter pointed out that this was the battle of the bowels because uh, Jada Essence. <laughs> Jada Essence Hall had in her um, one woman show moment in season 12 done a whole monologue about needing to go to the bathroom and not being able to make it and pissing herself. And then, oh my God. <laughs> it was poop versus pee. Yeah. The and they both woman. win. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what a wonderful message. <laughs> in terms of in terms of production, like I think that twenty grand had to go somewhere, and Jada wasn't going to get it. So I think you know they both won, even though I think Jada probably oh, right. would have <laughs> pipped it because the lip sync was Little Richard could golly Miss Molly, and I thought Jada had better kind of syncopations with that. Um, but look at the end a double win sure it's grand <laughs> it's always a yeah. fake out when it comes to who's going home because it's like well that means they both have the same person on their lip sync then mm-hmm. so you know yeah right right yeah um uh, unless, it happens, unless it happens super early in the season when they can actually just send two people home you know it's always going to be like and we both have the two of them and i think mm-hmm. they wanted that moment of eureka sending trinity home because they yeah. like built up that bond throughout the season but to be honest mm-hmm. i i thought like like Jada was the only person I was watching on that. Like I know at one stage Eureka did roll along the back of the stage. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, I would, we no, know I mean, you love, but I mean, I as, a, as an homage to Little Richard, I was like, that's not it. <laughs> no, it made no sense. I think, yeah, and Jada since Hall like, like really was embodying uh, mm-hmm. the the spirit of Little Richard. I yeah, suppose. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so Eureka and Jada pull out Trinity's lip sync, and in a drag race in the first time in drag race history when i saw trinity's face i cried uh, oh i welled up now cry is probably uh, the tear never fell down the cheek but i welled up i don't know i just i, I hear that that's the I, first time you've ever welled up at an at elimination i've definitely cried yeah. at, at, at like sad stories and yeah. mirror moments and yeah. stuff but like mm-hmm. at an elimination it's the first time i've mm. cried um mm. I just felt so hard done by. I just thought Trinity absolutely deserved to be in the top four. I didn't feel Eureka deserved to win. I didn't think Trinity was the worst. I was just sad and frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Erin, thank you so much. It's been a joy to chat. I wish we could chat for longer, but alas, here we are. Um, Tell us what you have coming up. But alas, I said I did not like Trinity. (laughs) It's time for you to go. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't listen to the episode. She'll be a lot lot (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna botch edit and be like, "Hi, my name's Aaron McGathy, and I am a horrible person." <laughs> <laughs> I am a narcissistic douche. <laughs> um, yeah, t- tell us uh, what shows you have coming up. You've a, a podcast you're working on. Tell us everything. Yeah, uh, well, if you, I'm the artistic director of an alternative comedy theater here in Dublin called, uh, I say here, but you may, this is a podcast, you could be anywhere, but uh, we we have been uh, teaching uh, screenwriting classes, TV and film online, which has been really great. So if you are interested in learning how to write a screenplay, or once we open up again, we do shows at Wigwam, you could go to modtheater.ie. And I have a, uh, I'm bringing back an old podcast I used to do with my friend Wade Futterman, who's kind of like that guy in movies. Like if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, like he's the blind guy in Step Brothers. This is the only way of the, the first time I've described it this way. But anyway, we, uh, He's a Jewish man who's 25 years my senior, and I'm a weird California uh, hippie person, and we are soul siblings, and we just talk every week, and it's called Human Conversation, is the name of the podcast.
we almost came to blows with we that. We did. One. Like honestly, and I, th- I think I feel like Aaron was trying to push us that way as well. She. I was worried it. we were going to fight. There, there was going to be a proper Jerry Springer, Maury style flipping chairs and tables and stuff. But you know what? We, it would have been the the end of Sissy no. Podge or the RuPaul yeah, we have podcast, to come back with our head in our hands. <laughs> Call ourselves RuPaul Rimming Podcast. But you know, <laughs> I respect that you like Eureka. Thank you. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, come back for more bickering and drag analysis next week. Yeah, we discuss yeah. the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 6. I actually have to clarify, I lied on my intro bit. I actually am Team Ginger. But okay. anyway, let's not stop there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, for the finale next Saturday. And for all of you porters who are in the workroom with us, we'll be back with you on Monday for the next episode of Drag Race Holland, uh, where we have a lot to discuss. So we'll see you there. So have a lovely weekend. We'll chat to you then. See you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.